Welcome to the 41st episode of Let's Conquer Books. Atul Gawande in his book Being Mortal said, Life is choices, and they are relentless. No sooner have you made one choice than another is upon you. In this episode, I talk about the four simple ways you can become better at delaying gratification, which are starting incredibly small, improving one thing by 1%, using the Seinfeld strategy, finding a way to get started in less, two, in less than two minutes. So let's get into it. I'm your host, Alexander the Great Reader, and this is a podcast where we read, study lessons, and build our inner power, because the next level we will reach does not tolerate cowards. This episode is inspired by a Stanford experiment done like 40, 50 years ago, and it's named something different, but it's known as the Marshmallow Experiment. The basis of the experiment was... A researcher entered a room and there'll be a kid there and they'll put marshmallows in front of this kid and they'll say, if you don't eat this marshmallow, you'll get two, two marshmallows later. I'll be back in 15 minutes. And they observed the kids and some kids couldn't wait the time and they would eat it and other ones waited. And then they got their two marshmallows they got to eat later. So that's delaying that gratification of eating it right now instead he's going to eat two double but it's going to have to be later so the study followed these kids for years and years and years and years and what they noticed was the children who were willing to delay gratification and waited to receive the second marshmallow ended up having higher ACT scores, lower levels of substance abuse, lower likelihood of obesity, better responses to stress, stress, better social skills as reported by their parents, and generally better scores in range of other life measures. Now you see that scientifically, if you can create the capacity, the ability, the skill to delay gratification, you're going to have great things happen in your life. So there's four strategies, four simple ways you can become better at delaying gratification. The first strategy is starting incredibly small. The most important part of building a new habit is staying consistent. It doesn't matter how well you perform on any individual day. Sustained effort is what makes the real difference. For that reason, when you start a new habit, it should be so easy that you can't say no to it. As you know, I love using books as a way to learn anything. And to learn how to start incredibly small and the power of starting incredibly small and that moving on to great things... But the importance of starting incredibly small is a book that I just recently read titled Thirst by Scott Harrison. And it's about the founder of a charity called Charity Water. Now, I'm not really going to go to the, into the book, but after he had a life of promoting for nightclubs, using drugs, that, that environment consumed him. He wanted to get out. 
And he started doing missionary work, and he found out that water was one of the biggest problems in these poor countries that a doctor told him that if you can figure out the water problem here, make it more clean, 50% of all medical problems in these countries will just disappear. So he's like, wow, I need to find a solution to this problem. So he started small. He just said, you know what, I'm just going to raise money and send the money to people who are helping these people get water. And he did a couple fundraisers and he was able to like get one well for a community. And he kept going and going and things started growing and growing. And he started having numbers like I want to build a thousand wells this year. And then it just keep getting raising and raising and raising until now he's raised over three hundred and twenty million dollars and helped eight point four million people get water. That's real impact. And it all started by just starting incredibly small. And it became a life changing thing that impacted him and millions of people's lives. Second strategy is improving one thing by 1%. Now, there's a story about the British cycling team that hired Dave Brailsfield in 2013 as their director. Prior to that, they only won one gold medal since 1908 and zero wins in the Tour de France. And he came up with this concept called the aggregation of marginal gains. So it's searching for tiny margin of improvement in everything you do. So if you broke down everything you could think of, of going, he broke down everything he can think of when it comes to riding a bike and then improved it just by 1%. You, you, and he says that you will get significant increase when you put it all together. So he's breaking down every aspect of riding a bike and improving all those aspects by 1% by putting it together. Look at the results he got. 2008, the British cycling team got 60% of the gold medals available. In 2012, they got nine Olympic records and seven world records. And then later on, they won five Tour de France's. In six years, just by this aggregation of marginal gain strategy, a book that goes deep into this type of strategy is Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. I love this book. I, I did a whole episode about this book. And his formula is small, smart choices plus consistency plus time equals radical difference. So one small change can have a significant impact that in turn causes an unexpected and unintended ripple effect. So these small little changes that this bicycle team was doing had later on big, big impacts. It's easy to say when you own 100% of your actions and choices, but it's another thing to truly be accountable and responsible for those choices. That's from the compound effect. So you got to take responsibility like this director did. And he worked on improving 1% of all these different aspects of biking. The third thing is giving a little more time, energy, or thought to your efforts won't just improve your results. It will multiply them. So as you see that 
director, he gave time to finding out all these different aspects of biking. He put the energy of improving all those by 1%. And he put the thought and effort into all that he was doing. And the results were amazing. And the compound effect is like that. You just do these little, little changes, step by step, time by time. And in the future, you're going to see great results. And that ties in with delaying gratification. It's just... Little by little, you're going to get better results later, but you're delaying those results. But the results are going to be better. Instead of eating that one marshmallow now, you're going to get two later. Double. Better results. Strategy number three is using the Seinfeld strategy. So this comes from a story of a comic who once asked Seinfeld for a tip as a young comic. And he told him, better comic equals better jokes. And he told him to put a big wall calendar that you can see the whole year on one page and you, you know, hang it on a prominent, viewable, high traffic place in your house or office and write a joke every day is the goal. And if you complete that goal, put a red X on the calendar. After a few days, you know, you're going to have a chain. Then keep at it and that chain will grow. You'll like to see that chain growing after a while and then your job is not to break the chain that's the advice Seinfeld gave to the young comic so the example is don't break the chain of your daily reading habit that's my chain I read every day like exercising every day would be another example and if you don't break that chain like me you'll find that you'll complete your reading challenge rather quickly like I have I'm almost at 200. That wasn't even my reading challenge, but I don't break the chain. A good example, a good way to understand and gain knowledge on this strategy is a book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. The three strategies or takeaways from this book for this strategy is that you're not alone. Every struggle, everyone struggles with resistance. So the force that makes you swallow your urge to pursue your dream is called resistance. And everyone in the world struggles with it. You're not the only one. It's it's this negative opposing. So resistance is this negative opposing ghastly little voice that tells you to stay at your job and not risk failure. That you're not good enough to paint something great. And they can always start working out tomorrow. So. You're going to have this resistance of breaking the chain, that daily habit, that daily task you're doing. So you got to understand that it's resistance and resistance manifests itself in the form of fear of failure. You're going to fail at keeping that chain, the procrastination of getting that X on the calendar, the self-doubt. Can you really keep this thing going? Can you really write a good joke every day? Worst of all, it's universal. It doesn't exclusively speak to you. It targets everybody. Everybody's going through resistance. The second takeaway from the book is you must treat your dream like a full-time job. What do you do to combat resistance? What any professional would do. You, you work. 
So you work every day to write that jerk joke. You work every day to get that reading time in. You work every day to whatever your goal is. Every day, make sure that you're doing the work to get that X on the calendar and keep that chain going. Do you show up to your job on time? I bet you do. Do you keep working when things hit the fan? I bet you do. Do the same for your dream or whatever you're trying to accomplish and keep that chain going. The third takeaway is when you commit to a territory, you can change the world. So your territory is a place where you feel you grow, where you're challenged and satisfied at the same time. And that is me is reading. That's my territory. That's what I'm trying to master. There's an endless amount of growing of reading. It, there's different genres and book types that are challenging me and it satisfies me once I overcome things and read different types of book. And you can only become king of your territory. It's th- the only way that you become king of your territory is through hard work. So I'm trying to be a king of the territory of reading books. And the only way I can do that is do daily hard work, putting that X on the calendar and making that chain keep going. And your territory is endless because you get back however much you put in. So my territory of reading is endless. There's literature, there's nonfiction, there's memoirs, there's making podcasts about reading, there's book reviews, there's, it's endless. It's as much as big the territory you want. The fourth strategy is finding a way to get started in less than two minutes. So the two-minute rule is when you start a new habit, it should take less than two minutes to do. Let's say uh, running a marathon. You shouldn't start your habit or anything like that saying, I'm going to run a, ha- a full marathon. No, that's your end goal. You're going to have to delay that gratification of one day running a marathon. There's going to be a process. And that process is running a half marathon. But that's still, you have to delay that. You're going to have to run a 10K. Delay that. You're going to have to run 5K. Delay that. 10,000 steps a day. Delay that. 10-minute walk a day. Delay that. Now you're down to your two-minute habit that you can do that will get you to your running marathon. And it's tie your shoes. That takes less than two minutes. So you tie your shoes and that sets it. Now you're going to go get your 10-minute walk. Now the 10-minute walk is nothing. Now you're getting your 10,000 steps. Now you're running 5Ks. Now you're running 10Ks. Now you're running half marathons. Now you're running a marathon. And it all started with tying your shoes. A good example about this strategy is the five-second rule book by Mel Robbins. So the five-second rule builds courage like compounding interest. Good. She talks about in the book about Rosa Parks and Martin Luther King that they both did a quick decision that took less than two minutes. She got on the bus and said, you know what? I'm going to sit down. I'm tired. I'm tired of this injustice. I don't care. And that led to a lot of things. That was a spark. Martin Luther King was supposed to go down and support these people. He made that decision in less than two minutes. He says, okay, I'm going to go. And that led to a lot of great things for the African-Americans in the United States. So you can stop waiting for the right time because it'll never come. 
for three reasons. Change is always a new thing. It's new. Change is always new. You're not, it's not something you're accustomed to. It's not something that you have experience in. It always comes with uncertainty. You don't know what this change is going to happen. You know that if you eat that one marshmallow right away, you're going to get that satisfaction. But you don't know that if you wait and, and get two, how that feels like. But after you delay and you get two and you say, wow, you become proud of yourself, your willpower. There's a lot of aspects of delaying that you, you become aware of. And it's also scary. Change is, is scary. Or the right time is waiting for the right time. If you're not waiting for the right time, it can be scary. Just like having a kid. You know, everybody wants to wait and says, no, but what if we don't have insurance? What if we don't have enough money? What if, what if, what if, what if? It can get scary. But you got to make that decision quickly. And lastly, feelings are just suggestions. That's what the book talks about, which is why you should use psychological intervention to override them. She talks about Antonio Damasio's work. It's another book. I haven't read it. I've only heard good things about it called Descartes' Error. He lays out the results of his research that suggests as much as 94% of your decisions are ultimately decided by feelings, not facts. He therefore calls us, he therefore calls us feeling machines that think, not thinking machines that feel. So the sequence of events usually isn't think, then act. What he's saying is we feel then act. And as a result, the simple reason we often don't act all at all is that we don't feel like it we always say that i don't feel like it i don't feel like it i don't feel like delaying my gratification i want the marshmallow now i don't feel like having two later i feel like having one now so you should consider your feelings as suggestions this is what professional athletes do rather than absolutes which allows you to override them and push forward towards your goal so if your goal for this kid's in a, in a marshmallow, the goal was to get two. That's better. So you said, you're, these feelings you're getting of just eat it now, it tastes good, who cares about two? You, those are just suggestions. They're not what has to happen. And you override them and says, no, I'm going to push forward and get my two marshmallows. There you have it. That's the episode. And the action for this episode is that, you know, start building the capacity the ability to delay gratification read the study done by stanford online you can find it marshmallow experiment they also wrote a book and apply those the strategies starting you know start incredibly small read the book thirst by scott harrison to help you understand what it is to start small and the benefits of starting small small then get this the second strategy was on delaying the gratification is improving one thing by one percent read the study on the british cycling team and also read the book that will help you understand why improving one thing by one percent is important which is the compound effect by darren hardy understand that the using the Seinfeld strategy you know read the war war of art to really get a deep knowledge on this and find a way to get started in less than two minutes Read the five-second rule by Mel Robbins to get more understanding on the power of starting really quick. I want to thank the listeners and uh, 
you the listener for helping the podcast get over 3,800 plays and downloads. The reading challenge for me is at 1770 books out of 200. I'm making it 200 this year. And let's connect on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. All the links are in the description. I spend most of my time on Instagram. And I'm looking for show ideas, show guests, guests like people who like to read books like me, have strategies on reading books, hacks on reading books. Maybe they're in the book world as publishers, as authors, as ghostwriters, whatever it is. Let's connect. And I'll catch you on the next one. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Anchor, or any other podcasting platform so you don't miss the next episode where I talk about the strategy on quitting or keep going when it comes to reading books.